Welcome to One for My Bookshelf. My name is Elle and the title no doubt spoils it, but this is going to be a podcast all about books. I am a massive book fiend. I mostly read young adult and new adult fantasy, sometimes a bit of mystery, sometimes a bit of contemporary, and I'm starting this podcast to talk about everything that I have been reading. Today I'm going to be doing a wrap up of everything that I read in May, and this could be quite long, so I'm just going to get started. It was an up and down month for reading. For me, I read some books that I absolutely loved. And then I read other books that I found just fine or was disappointed in or I felt didn't live up to the hype or just personally I didn't enjoy as much as I had hoped and wanted to. The first book I read this month was The Isle of the Gods by Amy Kaufman. It is the start of a new fantasy series and it is set up to be an epic with magic and romance and sleeping gods who clash. I wanted to absolutely love this book. I felt like I was going to absolutely love this book, but instead I just found it admittedly quite slow and forgettable. None of the characters or the plot really stood out to me. So in this book, there is multiple characters and multiple POVs, and the characters are interconnected in their pasts, in the present day, they cross paths. They're sort of split into two teams. You have one group who wants to wake up this sleeping god, and this other group that wants to keep it sleeping. I was ready for this great big adventure, I was ready for god fights, I was I was ready for a lot more than actually happened, which was mostly a slow meandering journey for a really underwhelming uh, ending third act conclusion. I also can't really say that I loved any of the characters, I can't say they're memorable characters to me. Uh, it's the first book I read in May so it's faded into the back of my mind now and I can only name one character off the top of my head, I had to look up the others. I didn't love any of them. I The parts that stick out to me are the kind of stereotypical components of a character. You've got one who is a bookworm, one who is a, a girl who is feisty and sassy, and I remember them as that being that one thing, which they had backgrounds that the book went into, and that's part of what took a very long time for it to get anywhere. But I just didn't find them particularly lovable or interesting or engaging to me. In saying all that, it's not a badly written book. It's completely fine, but that's that's where it lands for me, fine. It's just not what I wanted it to be and not what I had imagined it to be from the synopsis, which was telling me that it was going to be this great epic adventure. While there was a lot of sailing, as promised, there was not a lot of god fighting in this book about gods clashing, and I just can't really get over that disappointment, unfortunately. The second book I read this month was The Foxglove King by Hannah Witten, and I can't say I loved it, but I can say that I found it intriguing. So The Foxglove King follows Law, who has this forbidden death magic called Mortem, which is kind of akin to necromancy, I guess. It was the magic system that I found most fascinating about this book. It is forbidden for use from anyone except members of this group of warrior monks who are sanctioned to work for the king. So Law has been on the run trying to hide her power. She's been making a living running poisons, illegally running poisons, and you know, I'm sure you can guess she gets caught and she thinks she's going to end up being killed for this illegal magic that she has, but she ends up being taken to the king and the king is like, hey, spy on my son for me. And she does it because the alternative is death which is obviously not attractive and there's a whole mystery going on about essentially villages on the outskirts of this of this country have been dying overnight and law can either use her magic to find out what's going on or be killed again where this book fell sort of flat for me was the characters i 
didn't love them. I love the magic system. I really love the magic system. I was interested in the characters so far as they could use the magic, but their personalities didn't stick out to me. I can't really tell you anything about them except for how they use their magic. I would say overall this is a good read. I can't say it was a read that I found great. It's not going to make my list of all-time favourite books, but I still enjoyed it. I particularly liked the atmosphere of the book as well. It's very dark, gloomy. There's the whole court intrigue trope going on. Yeah, there's lots of things to love. It was good. It was fine. Yep, good read. Moving on. So after that, I read Little Thieves by Margaret Owen, and I absolutely loved it. I loved this book. Favourite book of the month, favourite book of the year so far. It has made my list of all-time favourite books. I loved it. Can you tell? I loved it. Little Thieves follows Vanya, who was given away as a little girl by her mother. She was taken into the woods and given away to the gods Fortune and Death, and she becomes Fortune and Death's adopted daughter, which is a background story that I bloody love. The gods play a part in the story in Vanya's backstory in her present predicament and I love the workings of the gods and how they are portrayed so Vanya can see she's the only one who can see because she's their adopted daughter but she can see Fortune's hand at work with this gold Fortune sprinkles this gold sort of magic dust I guess indicating that good fortune is on the horizon and she can see misfortune incoming when there is a sprinkling of this ashy grey dust And then there's Death, who can take on multiple faces, and when she appears, she often appears with the face of the person she's about to claim. And I just love the details of how the gods' powers worked in this. Anyway, Little Thieves is a retelling of The Goose Girl, and I usually am not a giant fan of retellings. This is the one most massive exception. Vanya, having been a servant, essentially orchestrates this con to steal the princess's identity and take her life. So Vanya takes up this double life as a princess and she uses that position to become a jewel thief and she is bloody brilliant at it. She is getting into royal parties, royal castles and she is sneaking out and robbing them blind and she is doing all of that to fund her great escape. Essentially, she doesn't want to keep this double life up forever. She wants to get enough money to buy herself her freedom and go and start a life of her own choosing somewhere else far away. That's all going well and good until on her final heist, she gets caught by a god, no less. And the god is not all that happy and ultimately puts a curse on Vanya that will turn her into jewels stone by stone for her greed and Vanya has two weeks to figure out how the hell to break that curse or kind of die die as stone be perpetually turned to stone you get the idea she won't really be alive to have that freedom that she really wants so she has to break the curse and make her getaway and that's not easy because there is a junior detective on her case and she also was assigned a guardian half god who is a shapeshifter who is hilarious and absurd and kind of feral in the best way and she has to pull con after con and there's bigger mystery going on and all of this is just a wild fantastic fun crazy witty ride just read this book just read this book it is top recommendation i love vanya's story but she is such a lovable character and she has a backstory that really 
hit my heart. I love it all. And I will leave that there because I could talk about this one for ages. The sequel to Little Thieves also came out this month and that is called Painted Devils. So I read that later in the month, but I'm just going to put it here after Little Thieves and do them both together. I loved it. That that could be my review. Just I loved it. The synopsis starts with, let's get one thing straight. Vanya Schmidt wasn't trying to start a cult. That to me is a perfect start to a synopsis and I am in. It has hooked me. Without giving too much away, I'm just going to say, in this one, she hits some more trouble and invents a god, the Scarlet Maiden, to try and scam her way out of it. Except that lie sort of grows out of control and the junior detective arrives again to investigate and a god, the Scarlet Maiden, actually turns up to claim the junior detective as a virgin sacrifice. And in case you aren't getting the link, Vanya would really rather the junior detective whose name is Emmerich, does not get turned into a virgin sacrifice. And she also needs to figure out how her scam ended up turning into a real god. And it's a whole mystery there. And again, it is definitely worth the read. So this month then, I also read Kingdom of the Wicked by Kerry Maniscalco. I hope I haven't pronounced that wrong. I don't know if it's just because it came after... I read it after I read Little Thieves, which I love so much. I don't know if it's just an unfortunate time for that but I did not really like this book yeah I found the plot slow I found the characters quite boring the lead character I found to make some really dumb decisions just can't say I enjoyed it that much or really at all so I'll just give a really quick summary kingdom of the wicked follows amelia and she is trying to work out what happened uh to her twin sister because she finds her twin sister murdered and her body desecrated and amelia wants to find her sister's killer and get her vengeance and just sort of figure out what happens along the way amelia meets wrath one of the wicked who are the princes of hell and she's been warned against him but wrath claims to be on her side so they sort of team up and try and solve what is essentially a series of women's murders yeah again my major complaints are dumb decision making that i found amelia to be quite naive and just yeah i didn't really i didn't care for the princes of hell and the descriptions there were more intricate descriptions of the food than there were about a lot of elements of this world you know what i'm just gonna leave it there because i didn't really particularly enjoy this book Um, It's a series and I can't say I'm going to be continuing on with that one. So yes, I will leave that one there and move on to the next book that I read in May. And that is Fourth Wing. I have a lot to say about this book and I wouldn't have half as much to say about this book if it hadn't had such the hype that it had. It has taken the book world by storm and I just can't really understand why it's a good book it's i would say it's a fine book it's an easy read but i just wouldn't say it's a great book and the marketing team has done so extremely well and they deserve a massive raise because this is i've just seen this being talked about absolutely everywhere so fourth wing follows violet soringal who in this world there is a military academy and it's split into different quadrants 
And Violet was supposed to enter the scribe quadrant, which would have given her a quiet life amongst books, except her mother is the commanding general and forces Violet into going into the rider quadrant where people where there are candidates striving to become dragon riders. Life in the rider quadrant is vicious. It's completely okay and expected that candidates will die and they can kill each other. Yeah, there's no real repercussions for that. There aren't enough dragons to go around and dragons won't bond with everybody. So the candidates try and take each other down because, you know, kill someone off, that's one less person to be a competition. Violet isn't expected to succeed because she is not a physical threat. She hasn't really been training long for this because she expects to go into the scribe quadrant. And also she is smaller than everybody else and her she gets a lot of injuries. She is described as her body is brittle and she is not expected to bond with the dragon because dragons don't bond with fragile humans. So she is an easy target to be killed by a candidate wanting to take her out, by just the challenges that she needs to do to even make it to graduation, or even by the dragons themselves who will just incinerate people that they don't deem worthy. Outside of this military academy, there is this whole war waging on, this war that has been waging for so many years, and it's just continuing to grow. The death toll is getting greater. Violet starts to suspect that something may be up, some sort of internal corruption, and there's a whole mystery there for her to solve. Meanwhile, just trying to survive to graduation. All of it together, you've got dragon riders, you've got a school-type environment, a training environment, a survive-to-graduation trope, you've got high stakes, you've got a giant nationwide war. It's sounds like interesting stuff. It's all of the ingredients that I would love in a book and I did enjoy this book. I just didn't find it amazing. It didn't it didn't lodge itself in my heart. It doesn't keep me up at night thinking about it. I'm not still thinking about it after I put it down. The prose is very sort of simple. I tend to like more lyrical prose and I mean it doesn't have to be particularly flowery writing, but the writing in Fourth Wing, it's very cut and dry. That works for a lot of people. Clearly it works for a lot of people by how popular this book has become. It does make it very easy to just pick up and start reading. But I just didn't find the writing itself to be particularly magical. The writing in a way reminded me of Harry Potter in that it's very, it's simple and easy to read. It draws you in quite well, but it's not particularly lush or dreamy. It just sort of gets the job done. The book for me was also unexpectedly smutty in places, and I am not someone who loves a lot of smut in my books. It sort of draws me out of the story a bit and go, oh, okay, yep, that's a bit awkward, okay. But if you enjoy that sort of thing, you'll be happy, it's in there. I guess my main major barrier to really enjoying this book as much as I could have was just that I found some of it quite cheesy, very cheesy. Quite a number of eye roll moments. Um, some of the descriptions, like just straight up calling people hot. And I think there was one description that was like scorching hot. It just made me cringe a little bit. This book also did something that I have a personal pet peeve with, where it tells you how to, straight up tells you how to think of a character in terms of going, you know, you're so this or you're so that instead of showing us the, the, the character actually being those things. So we get consistently told that Violet is ruthless and violent and tough. And one of the characters even gives her this nickname of violence. And she never came across as particularly violent to me. 
In fact, she always seemed to steer away from doing the most violent thing if she could and taking a less confrontational or a less vicious route in into achieving whatever she needed to achieve. And I never saw her acting particularly ruthless or or violent, overkill violent in any way, in any circumstance. She sort of only just did what a normal person might do in a situation. Yet over and over again, we're told through other characters' dialogue that, oh, you're so violent, you're so vicious. And that drove me kind of mad, just on a personal level. Overall, I can't say that I love this book. I know so many people are. It has this, It has gained this crazy momentum in the book world. And I can't really get onto that hype train. And possibly part of this is a level of disappointment as well. If it maybe hadn't had the hype that it had, I wouldn't have gone into it with such high expectations. But it didn't feel to me like this book was doing anything particularly new or doing anything in a particularly incredible way. A lot of what is in here, the tropes, the the training academy schooling tropes, the survive until graduation tropes, I have seen before and I have enjoyed in other books more. For example, Naomi Novik did the survive to graduation trope extremely well I thought personally in A Deadly Education in that series I absolutely love that and I found that far more exciting far more enjoyable I found Naomi Novik has a very unique style of writing and I found that more engaging as well and I found the characters in that series far more exciting I also expected to love the dragon aspect of this a lot more than I did but even the dragon personalities and these are speaking dragons so they do have personalities. I didn't even love the dragons that much. I don't know. I just, this wasn't overly magical to me. This isn't a world that I'm in a hurry to jump back into. I just, I found it okay. It was a, it was a good read for a night. I think I read this, I read this maybe over two days, over a weekend. And I'm just not in a hurry for the next one. I'm not that bothered by it. I can see why people are liking it because it is so infinitely easy to just pick up and start reading. You don't need a lot of work to get into it. But I don't know, it just, for me, it just doesn't live up to the hype. I can't say it would be, I can't even say it's my favourite book of the month, let alone my favourite book of the year or a favourite book of all time. That being said, if you're looking for a good fantasy or an easy to read fantasy, it's definitely worth checking out because it is a good book. It's just not what I would call a great book. I feel like I have talked about Fourth Wing enough, so I'm now going to move on to the next book I read. And this was Cursed Crowns, and this is by Catherine Doyle and Catherine Weber, and it is the sequel to a book called Twin Crowns, which came out last year. I can't really get too much into the plot of this one without spoiling the first book but I will just say that in this world we have two sisters Ren and Rose and their parents are killed their parents are the king and queen Rose is raised in her rightful place as princess of the country raised to be queen Ren is taken away and she is raised in a secret community of magic users Ren is raised with the goal of returning to the palace and usurping her sister and taking her sister's place as queen in order to protect that community of magic users. In this world, we have a lot of really easy-to-love fantasy tropes of a maligned group of magic wielders who want to rebel, who want to earn their rights in, in this country. 
there is through both of these books twin crowns and cursed crowns there is court intrigue there are plots to navigate and i can't, i really can't say more than that without spoiling everything and i don't want to spoil everything so i will just get onto my thoughts about the sequel and i remember enjoying the first book well enough cursed crowns i did not enjoy as much the series as a whole I would say falls on the younger side of young adult, with the characters themselves coming across quite young, younger than their ages, and a bit juvenile. The characters for me would just fall into the okay category. Ren and Rose, they were more interesting to me in the first book. There are some really sort of dumb decisions made in the second book. None of the side characters stood out to me. I couldn't even tell you their names. And there were some moments in the plot that I found kind of baffling as to why the authors would have chosen to make this part of the plot. Just considering where the last book left off, I just felt there was so much more potential for where they could have taken the plot, and I wasn't particularly happy with the direction in which it went. There were some moments that I found quite cringy. I think I was expecting something more from it, um, because of the vast possibilities that came with this world. I have read so many fantasies and you know i've read so many complex plots so many engaging exciting plots and i think in comparison that's just how it fell a bit flat for me didn't quite reach i guess my expectations and my thoughts about what the potential for this world had but i think someone who is reading on the younger side of young adult would still really enjoy it because it is a good book it's just not the best book that i've ever read it's not going to unfortunately make that amazing category for me After that, I actually needed a break from fantasies, so I picked up a couple of mysteries, and I started with Lying in the Deep by Diana Urban, and this was a really quick read. I'm not going to say it's the best murder mystery I've ever read. Yeah, no, it's not falling into that category. It was okay. It just came across really young. So in this book, we follow Jade, and Jade is just broken up with her boyfriend who had cheated on her with her ex-best friend. So Jade's looking forward to getting away on this sort of college-based campus on board cruise ship thing. Anyway, basically it's where students go on board and they cruise around to 11 countries while taking classes. The college part kind of slipped by the wayside for me because there's not actually a lot of class taking involved in it, which is fine because I wasn't there for the college, I was there for the murder. And yes, there is a murder. In this murder mystery, there is a murder. And thanks to an unfortunate series of circumstances, Jade looks like she could be really quite guilty of it. So she is freaking out and running around trying to find out who really did it so that she does not end up implicated. I am not going to say more than that because murder mystery and I'm not giving away the details. It was good. It was fine. It was fun enough. Very teen angsty though, um, to the point where it did kind of get on my nerves a little bit. I did get sick of all the social media mentions and the teen drama a little bit, but I was on board for the murder, so I stuck through to the end, and um, yeah, it was it was fine. It was a it was a good easy palate cleanser. I can't say that I cared about all the characters. I can't really say I cared about any of the characters. I think again, it's one of the ones that someone younger would enjoy a lot more. But the cruise ship setting was fun, and I was there for the murder and. I got a murder and I got a mystery and I got to try and solve it along the way. So that was good. That was the enjoyment I was looking to get out of it. And it delivered there. A good quick read. After that, I ended up getting on a bit of a murder mystery hook and I ended up picking up the second and third books in the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder series. I had read the first book last year 
and I don't know why I didn't just pick up the second and third ones then, but I didn't, and I read them last month instead. In this series, the main character is called Pippa, she goes by Pip, and she solves murders that happen in her town, and they're all sort of interlinked to the murder in the first book, so if you are going to pick up the series, I do recommend starting there, don't just jump straight into the second one. But for the purposes of this review, I am going straight into the second one because I didn't actually read the first book last month. The second book is called Good Girl, Bad Blood, and the third book is called As Good As Dead. The second book, I enjoyed that. That was good. I'm not really going to go into what happens. I mean, it's a murder mystery. These are so hard to review other than saying I liked the book because all of the points that stick out as memorable are key moments that then start to spoil the murder case. I will just say that... While book two was good, book three I have not stopped thinking about since I read it. It was brilliant. I loved it. I want to reread it. And I'm not going to say what the major twist was, but it does not follow the traditional structure of what you would expect for a murder mystery. As Good As Dead, so the third book, it is up there with my favourite books I've read this month. It is up there with my favourite murder mysteries. It is excellent. I would highly, highly recommend this series to anyone who is looking for a good murder mystery. It is full of twists and turns. It kept me on the edge of my seat. I read these back to back. I finished the second book and just immediately picked up the third book and didn't stop reading until it was done. It's one of those books that I wish I could go back and read for the first time over again. I did finish the month by picking up the prequel to the series called Killjoy and I can't say I enjoyed this as much. It's definitely not required reading. You won't suffer a loss to the series if you don't read it but it was just a bit of fun. Pip and friends have a murder mystery dinner party and it's all about solving the who did it. No actual murder in this one. Possibly that's to the detriment. Just because the stakes weren't there, it's just a fun dinner party. This is just a really mini novella. I still highly recommend the main three books in the series. Please read them. Please read them. If if for no other reason than you read the first two to get to the third book, please do that. That is everything I read in May, and I'm pretty sure this has gone on for long enough already, so I'm going to wrap it up there. I hope you enjoyed listening. I have started an Instagram for this podcast, one for my bookshelf, just like the name of the podcast. Um, Please come and talk to me about books, because I love talking about books. Give me all your brilliant recommendations. I have a number of fantasy books already on my TBR for June. I will be getting into those, a few that are coming out that I'm really looking forward to. And I think next time I might consider splitting this into fortnightly reviews, so what I read in the first half of June and what I read in the second half, because this is quite long to record, but we'll see how that goes. Either way, I'll be back soon with another podcast talking about what I have been reading. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy whatever you're reading, and thank you very much for listening.